All right. Welcome back again. This is Two Faces Radio. We are an Atlanta music scene podcast. This is episode 16. It's Wednesday, October 14th, 2009. My name is Brian McClenning. My co-host with me, as always, is... Ira Malkin. There he is. I was going to say, you might hear a little background noise. We are we are broadcasting live from Black Box Studios in... Um, it's Thunderbox Oh, Thunderbox. Now. I'm sorry. Yeah. I Come on, man. Wow. Get with the time. thought I heard somebody say Black Box. Thunderbox uh, rehearsal space in Atlanta, Georgia. It's our first on-site podcast, by our the way. Our first on-site. So things sound a little shaky. It's my fault. And I'm sorry. You may hear you some may love in the background Direct all as well. your complaints to me. Well, we are here this week with um, a band that holds one of my favorite band names, <laughs> Cadillac Jones. They're here to play some songs and talk about music. They didn't know they were going to talk about music, but they're going to talk about That's music right. today. And uh, we've got, we got the guys in the room. They're ready to go. They're going to play a song called The Gooch. That's right. Start things off. And we're going to kind of kick right into it. We've got uh, Gary on guitar. We have Hutch on bass. We've got, uh, let me look, Robbie on drums, Chris on keys, Jonathan on trombone, Will on sax. And I think we're ready to go. Do you guys want to say hey to everybody out? Just give a shout out. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> well, thanks, guys, for, uh, for doing this for us. All right. Well, uh, Willis and... Um, all his buddies are ready for the gooch. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, whenever you're ready. What you talking about?
Now that's how you start a podcast. <laughs> that's right. That's I gotta say uh, that brings up some creepy feelings. I remember um, watching. I remember being so shocked that um, you know the program director over at uh, WKRP was a perv and tried to take advantage of. Uh, uh, poor little uh, Arnold and his and his buddy. Well, I think the Trident King used that as his M.O. to snare little boys. Was that <laughs> not a freaky episode? <laughs> that was not a comfortable episode for anyone. It, it really made me squeamish there in my underoos. There different strokes did not need to go into. Okay. Yeah. Little did I know what different strokes was all Are we going to have to explain more of this? Well, if, Are people going to get what the hell I, we're talking I about? I think the better left unsaid about it, it different probably strokes. Is. Delve into the dark side, the better. Now those who know know, and those who don't. I just want to let everybody know. know. I only have uh, a couple of mics for the, this. Is a very large band. Well, compared to what we I'm used fat, to. Yeah, you're fat and large. Um, so, Gary's right up at that mic, right next to me, and um, <laughs> Robbie. Robbie. Robbie is, is on the other one right now, and we'll have. Guys can step up as you, as you feel comfortable. Yeah, you we, guys. We've we've rarely ever stepped up ever. Step it up, <laughs> so babe. You might have this to. This is pry. the time to step it up. So since uh, you know, just to kind of kick things off, since I've got you here, I want to ask you if if this story is accurate in any way. <laughs> the first time I saw you guys, the shark um, was real. <laughs> the first time I saw you guys was at Smith's Old Bar, and I, Ira and I actually both back in the day. This was quite a few years ago going back maybe six or seven years i want to say but we were both big fans of the band squat from athens and uh uh-oh we've already got somebody off mic that's not good (laughs) well we i I remember i had their discs and i used to go out and check those guys out here and there and then i thought i was going to see them at smith's one night (laughs) boy were you wrong and and i was wrong it was cadillac jones is that is that an accurate story did that happen? I guess that depends on your night. <laughs> did they, did they, <laughs> we did they pass there. the headliner to you guys one night? We, we uh, played with Squat at Smith's several times, I believe. Maybe uh, or maybe twice at Smith's and once at, uh, at um, Apache. But I can't remember oh. who played when. But we definitely played a few Which was probably okay. the yin at the time. Because how, how it yeah. worked for me was I thought that I was going to see Squat. And I didn't even really pay attention, to be honest, to the opening band. And then... As it turned out, I went down turns with a buddy. Squat. It turns <laughs> out, <laughs> it turns out, it was it was you guys, and you know I loved it. So that was it. I was a a fan from that moment. So that that was at least my perception of the story. But you know, many beers were involved, and who knows? <laughs> so I'm taking it that there's maybe I don't even know if Squat's still around out there. So I, I suppose we could. They are. They are around. I get to see them every once in a while from uh, Athens. Get right up there when you're yeah, uh, yeah, when you're talking. I, can hear yeah, I get to see these guys. <laughs> 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 mine. Actually, still, I get to see them like every couple weeks up in Athens if uh, another band uh, dub conscious. Okay, cool. cool. All right. Well, that's that's my first exposure as as far as I remember, um, and yep. and I dug it. We so. like to sneak into people's consciousness. Do you have a complex now? Me? Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> a complex from from not seeing from squat. That? No, from us. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. You know. Thinking while you guys were playing that first tune, I mean, and everybody pro- here probably thinks the same way I do, but it's like, you know, we have a lot of different type of music on our podcast, and it's, we've we've been lucky. We've had a lot of great musicians in and everything, but, you know, this type of music, which, you know, Brian is obviously heavily involved with, and I really dig, but, like, how could you not dig this uh, this stuff? I no know. matter what you listen to, you know, whether you're yeah. into metal or blues or what, it just seems this... This type of music just seems so universal to me. Well, it's a that's a fairly accurate thing from where we're, uh, perspective from where we're coming from because actually, all the all the different genres that you just named off of, you know, regardless of whether you're coming from X, Y, and Z, yeah. are probably represented in all of our musical really? backgrounds. Sure. Yeah. And we just sort of right, came who, together who's because the 80s metalhead then. Right here, Robbie, <laughs> nice. All right, we're gonna talk to you later. We'll talk, we we'll talk about, about we already talked about 80s wrestling, so yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll move into. Uh, and now we, we had a little 80s sitcom talk in here. It's so. all about the 80s, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, and, and so anybody can get a, uh, uh, we'll tr- try and give you a little visual. We're set up in their uh, rehearsal space here, and uh, in Cadillac's rehearsal space. and Very, um, very half-assed and, and now, as we've started the show, the band has sort of seemed to form a circle <laughs> of allegiance around us, and we're pressuring deep. us into <laughs> either... 
Clumping, yeah, <laughs> compliments. Clipping. You better say something, boy. So I, I mentioned that uh, Cadillac Jones is one of my favorite band names. Uh, probably just period. You know, I, I could say in the Atlanta scene, but it's I just dig it. Uh, where'd that come from? Who who's uh, behind that? Um, when we started, the first place that we played was a club called uh, Taste. That was uh, somewhere in Midtown. Midtown. Kind of near. Kind of near downtown, in between downtown and midtown. Yeah, yeah. Taste Cafe or something maybe? Something yeah. like that. Anyway, it was owned by this guy named Reggie, and at that time there were four of us in the band, and we didn't actually have a name. I don't even know how we got that gig. Do you know what year this was? Uh, it would have been 2001. 2000. Oh, okay. 2000, okay. 2000. 2000. And, um, in the year 2000. So we were still, we were... <laughs> For the Conan O'Brien fan. <laughs> uh, different guy. Yeah, different guy. Okay. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> Actually, you know what? Maybe that was him. Um, what's it called? So, uh, so we were there. We didn't have a name, but we were, we had a couple that were floating around in our heads. And one of them, I, I was proponent of, which was Cadillac Jack, which is a, a book that I like. And then somebody else who's no longer with us was proposing um, Velvet Jones. Velvet Jones. <laughs> Velvet he, he's Jones. no longer with us. And oh really? Okay. And he's well, still among the living. He's just not with us. Yes, he's right. not with he's, us. Right. We think he's, we haven't heard from him in a while. But they also happen to have um, a video blackjack uh, uh, booth in the in taste that was um, actually I think it was Cadillac Jack as well. Oh, anyway, yeah. so we were sitting around and we had played our first set and the guy came over. He's like, hey, you know, what do you guys call? And we're like, well, it's funny because we were just talking about that. <laughs> and we and we're I like, we which one, <laughs> which one of these do you like better? And we we listed them off. And he's like, ah, you know, I don't like that. And then he's like, it doesn't quite fit what you're doing. So we combined. Like, well, what about Cadillac Jones? And he got this big grin on his face. We're like, okay, That's well, we're it. done. There That's it is. The one. All right. Do you ever get the? Because um, a lot of times I'll say your name to somebody and they'll be like, oh, when's when's he playing? When's he playing? Yeah. Do you ever get that? L- like the? Uh, yeah, we were going on tour with Hootie and the Blowfish for a while, and we would get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's Hootie? And where's Cadillac? That's right. Um, Actually, for a while, when we played a, a second place that was kind of our home base, the folks at the at the um, club would always just assume that Hutch, the bass player, was Cadillac. So, when, right. so it was like, oh, when's, when's Cadillac, Cadillac showing up? <laughs> hey, don't when's feel Cadillac? bad. Don't feel bad. We did a show one time, and somebody walked up to me and said, man, you play a mean o- organ. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> There's no organ in the band, period. <laughs> and, and I've been playing guitar. <laughs> and I was playing guitar. <laughs> so uh, people don't know. Um, you know, I was uh, one thing I wrote down too. Is I was thinking about is um, in those early days, I'm just feeling. I'm just feeling like there weren't a lot of bands doing that kind of thing uh, around town, and not a lot of clubs that necessarily supported that. You know, the instrumental funk kind of soul kind of music. How was it as far as uh, <laughs> got it. fighting this for Mike's space there? Uh, this, this is all him. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Um, how was it getting gigs Rick, early on? Was big. it a tough sell? It was. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> After all that? <laughs> the, the reality is that there weren't that many bands playing the instrumental jazz funk at the time, and we were, you know, having, you know, coming up against some resistance. Yeah. Just people didn't know exactly what to do with yeah. us. Yeah. And I have to give credit to um, the band Hot August Nights, actually. Oh, yeah. Ooh, uh, friends Sickles of ours. Yeah. Matt Sickles. And uh, they oh, yeah. uh, kind of took us under their wing and, and just had us open That's up for right. them all you know over Smith? town. Yeah. That's Smith's, right. Smith's, yeah, at the that. Earl, they were yep. Star Bar, Star everywhere. That's right. Claremont Lounge. Oh, nice. I think that was Halloween, probably nine years ago or something yeah, like, like just it. So coming up on but you guys were doing all right before then though too weren't well, you? we were doing okay like but we couldn't get you know into the better venues in town it, it was very hard the yeah they really did because yeah. we just played so right. much there that finally the owners and booking people got a chance to see us and saw that we right. put on a decent Great. show and that we brought people and it yeah. was fun i think that they really felt like you know jazz belonged in different kinds of clubs that were sort of right. you know more Sort of, you know, just I don't know, just a different vibe. Yeah, so they definitely helped us, and we appreciate something. it. I mean, I was going to ask you about, um, you know, because at the time, well, you know, I guess that was what 2000, 2001. Yeah. Well, maybe that was after when you guys started doing. Yeah, that. it could have been yeah, a little bit later. It, yeah, it was, but a little bit, not much. Going to bring up the the kind of scene you guys were either going for or where, where you fell into because were you planning or do you think you guys fell into kind of the jam band scene or you think you were going for that? 
uh, I don't know if we were going for it, but we definitely fell into it and got a lot yeah. of support from that scene. But that was mostly outside of Atlanta. I mean, in terms of jam band scene in now, Atlanta. Were you happy about that? Is what that what you were? Or you don't I, care? It didn't, it care didn't bother me. Right. That's for sure. If they're coming <laughs> in. Who cares? Hey, they right. danced. They had a good time. They yeah. liked us. That's right. all that mattered. Exactly. We've never been too picky about who we're playing with as long as people are having fun. Right. So yeah. You know, two things I want to set up here. First of all is because, you know, there's people that, that listen, you know, all over. Um, and one is everybody might have heard people cracking up at Claremont Lounge mentioned. So we should just kind of let people know that the Claremont Lounge is this um, strange uh, sort of bar. What, he's got a store? old hotel. Yeah, um, and it's got some... Uh, Let's just say women who are naked that you really don't want well, to ever see naked. No, they've not been, at all. They've been, quote, unquote, working there since the hotel was since built. Since the hotel was yes. built, right. So uh, I guess they kept them on in some sort of capacity, and, and it's not the way that anybody really wants to see them. But it's it's definitely <laughs> one of those things in Atlanta that you kind of got to but th- see But that's once. the draw to the That's the draw. Lounge. It is the draw. And it's Blondie is our is the main attraction over there, that's I guess. True. We could, uh, but but the first time that we played there, actually, I'm going to uh, – we are good. Got a good story between the two of us about oh, yeah? the, about that first time. So I, I think you should tell it from your perspective. Wait, maybe I'm not thinking of the same story. About <laughs> oh, I think. You well, let's hear. I mean, my story was just that I was at the time. I think I was like 20 or maybe 19, yeah. Yeah. and I had never been to a strip club of any kind. And they were like, "We're playing, we're playing Halloween at, at the Claremont. It's gonna be awesome." I was like, I was just like. I didn't know what to do, you know. My face was probably just a mile long. <laughs> Not to mention we were dressed up like the cast of The Love Boat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just, for me, it was a very, um, a, an experience I'll never forget. And it, it scarred me and shocked me for life, I think. I just remember having blinders on and, like, I was playing the show and I was like, don't look to the right. Don't look to the right. And then I would hear this, like, like, <laughs> I'd be like, no, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, little flabby like, ass in your face. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but the main thing that I just remember is the smell in that place when I walked in. Good stuff, isn't it? Oh, man. So but I'm it's a, it's a cool looking room, though. You it have is. To it's a cool. It's, I mean, it's right, got a vibe. Right. Let's say that. It's, it's got like there's a vibe. That, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Let's leave actually, it at that. Actually, I think we're trying to go and book another show up there. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually love them. So we actually love them. You better do it quick there. I know. They're about. They're trying to be torn down but they're still going for right now yeah. i think we we're talking to was uh, uh uh johnny about doing a show up there with the uh what is it johnny johnny knox yeah, oh, yeah. Johnny, not johnny McGowan. knox anymore john mcgowan john yeah. mcgowan right yeah. doing a show with him yeah what, what's the group again uh, oh his um uh, grinder nova yeah grinder nova i'm an idiot yeah, yeah. i play with him i can't think right now yeah grinder nova trying to do a cali jones grinder nova uh show cool. up there before they close down yeah, so we'll see be good yeah well, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, is Hot August Nights, being that they, uh, you know, really helped you guys out. Yes. Hot August Nights, just so that people know as well, it's was a Neil, Diamond, a Neil Diamond tribute band. And they were awesome. To call they them. were great. And they were great. And well, they uh, did, like, rocked-up versions of right. yeah. Neil Diamond, too. Right. They did Neil yeah. Diamond and Kiss. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what right. they did. With a Neil Diamond impersonator. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, with a pretty good Neil Diamond impersonator. Well, I think they're yeah. on their second Neil Diamond impersonator. That's right. right. Now they're called Nine Inch yeah. Neils. Yeah. Nine inch Neils. Yeah. Nine inch oh, are they really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nine Inch Neils. It's a great name. <laughs> so, good. So, we got that out there. And um, let's see. What about, like Ira was saying, you know, you, whatever scene you kind of fell into, you fell into and you were open to it. But who sort of, who were you guys looking at maybe outside of the Atlanta area or, or in the Atlanta area that sort of was setting the stage for you guys kind of saying hey that's kind of what we want to do you're not and thinking that deep about yeah i mean did, did anybody sort of pave the way for you guys thinking that, yeah we want to kind of go down this path or were you just kind of creating music and just like hey this is what we're doing we got really lucky it was just yeah. we were we were making music because we were having fun making that music yeah well, I was just going to say, in the very earliest days, when I first met these guys, they were yeah. really into Grey Boy All-Stars. That oh, was the that's first. Right. That's right. And I hadn't heard Carl of them Denson's before I started playing with them. But I remember, like, the very, very early days when we were, like, trying to find our niche. And obviously, we're, we never were trying to be them. But Right. Right. That, right. that was definitely a nice thing to be like, hey, you know what? Instrumental music is... Uh, is something that can be brought to a club and it can be the headliner and you don't you know folks don't need to focus on a vocalist they just need to right. be having a good time and you know it was it was a very nice juxtaposition of us doing our thing and club owners knowing that around like the west coast and whatnot there were instrumental acts mm-hmm. that were bringing in headline numbers and it was like okay cool we could do that and you know we were we were very fortunate to be having a good time and be able to display that to club owners and 
people in the audience, and it just sort of built from there. Right. I mean, a band, yeah, you're talking about getting success, you know, a band like Sound Tribe, Sector 9, you know, those guys, yeah. I guess, I mean, did you... Wow, I forgot about that. Were you they guys were kind of... Brandy House, big time. Well, I think they were, they, were, they were way more electronica and downbeat I than know. we ever yeah. were or... or or but it's weird having yeah. an, in, an instrumental yeah. band like that <laughs> selling out the Tabernacle two nights in a row. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's it, it is amazing, you know, and and it's it's cool I think, especially in this town where that can happen. You know, you you know, it's like where are these people coming from? Where are they, all these music fans that are into this type of stuff? You know. Yeah, no doubt. Also, I think we, <laughs> we were listening to uh, Soul Live. I think at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. Soul Live was around. Soul yeah, Live, yeah. And then I guess band Galactic and. Yep. Yeah. That's true Galactic. Yeah, we yeah. got Galactic a lot. Um, the bands of the day. Would you say that maybe Mendesky, Martin, and Wood were kind of the first band that, within the last 10, 15 years, probably got this type of music out there and really popular? With know. like the jazz and the funk, mm -hmm. and but also kind of being in the jam band scene. Yeah, well, to talk about people falling into scenes without planning, uh, I think that definitely happened to them. I mean, they they toured with Fish, which kind of blew the doors wide open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For them, and then for better or for worse, you know, I mean, like they're they're fantastic musicians. They've done some great things, but I do feel like they've kind of uh, maybe I shouldn't be negative on the podcast, but <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I feel like they kind of have, have limited their their audience by appealing. So directly to that to the jam band scene. Well, I think they were more ja New York jazz, and yeah, they were into yeah. that scene, and then they, right. you know, fell into the other one. Yeah. But they're right. so paid at this point, they can do whatever. They yeah. Want. yeah, yeah, and do. I have a John Zorn record with them that's really? amazing. Yeah. So. Well, they just did it, and they just did a children's record, which I, I listened okay. to a little bit, and it's uh, it's you pretty cool. I, I listened to yeah. some of the stuff that's on through huh. the MySpace page that they had, and it's pretty cool. It's not bad. I was so like bad plus, I feel like they're. Oh yeah, those guys are wacky. <coughs> Derivative of cool. I just had something and I lost. I think yeah. we're. I think we are our own island. You're doing your own thing. We're doing our own. Want to do another tune? You guys want? You guys ready for another song? issue. Right. We've got. We're changing our format a little bit here. Usually we do two songs, and today we're gonna do three. Okay. So we're gonna get these guys up there to do one more song, and then we'll talk a little bit more. And if people have to leave, maybe they'll leave, and then we'll. uh You guys know what you're doing. You got any more 80s references for us? Gary wants to do Rhythm Method. Our new record. <laughs> new record? This is going to be off the, the new album. This is our first song off of our new album. Which is called what? What's it called again? Rhythm Method. Rhythm it method, is rhythm. Right. Okay. All right. Not the Rhythm Method. So this is called Okay. Well, here we go. Rhythm Method.
All right. <laughs> our uh, rhythm mef- method. Rhythm method. This is our, uh, I guess, our interlude music. Our inst- uh, what do, what do you want to come it? back? <laughs> we are getting a nice little private concert here. Ira and I are. We are. We definitely get a getting, private concert. We're definitely getting spoiled on Two Faces Radio, i got to say that. But now that you've heard this music, you can understand why we had to come down here and get the full band instead yeah. of just having... And that know. was a great comment. I mean, it, it really is. It's hard not to dig it. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the songwriting and where the ideas come from. You know, with <laughs> with all those guys in the band, you know, do the ideas usually start in one place or do they start anywhere and funnel in? Tell me about how the songwriting process goes for you guys i mean it's it's different on and on every song and it's okay. been different throughout the various phases of the band too right i mean it, you know it'll usually happen one of two ways somebody has a really definite idea of the type of thing that they want and then they'll write it and pre- and bring it to the band and then invariably that will get augmented and changed and shaped sure. by all by all of us and then the other way is that we just you know just we come just in here come and jam and, and something becomes something a song. Happens, yeah. You know, me and Robbie used to do that a lot when we were still had rooms at the Black Box, um, which no longer exists. We would go down there and I would have a loop, uh, a loop pedal, and we would just play for a long right. time, and then we Why would, um, and then we would, uh, you know, we would hit upon something, and be like, oh, you know what, that's cool, and that's a cool beat under it, yeah. and bring it. Um, other times we'll we'll just all be jamming like this, uh, one of those last songs we did, Money Shot. You know, that was just a jam that happened, and we still don't know what key that's in, but it, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> and now and you're we, talking. We, we, think, we think it still continues to work, and that happened. That's my speed. And there's another song I that don't we know did keys. on this uh, on this last record that was yeah. just a jam in the studio We were just uh, that we just really liked. You know, Jonathan uh, and Robin wrote a killer horn yeah. uh, a horn line, and hey, we were just playing. horn line, huh? Yeah. Why not? And the horns do, God, the horns do so much. It, re- it really just kind of fills it all out right it's awesome yeah i love when uh yeah, you don't hear horns for a while you know at the beginning of the tune and then it just like kicks in and it just like opens up the whole new world yeah that takes the song into a whole different place really and when did this one come out uh this over one summer, yeah. yeah over the summer and yeah. then because you got it and you were gonna burn it for me sorry guys yes <laughs> and, sorry. And, and, and he never you haven't gotten that yet <laughs> no yeah oh i burned it yeah, it's and what did yeah. you do with it? I don't know. You might actually get a real copy. Yeah, if you play your cards right, if we I might have cards we right might right have one <laughs> or or two hundred floating hey, around. I'll pay for it, just like uh, yeah, just like Jonathan said before. I'll I'll pay. Pay for yeah, I I have no problem. Hey, I bought it when uh, when you guys did your CD release party at the Earl. Well, thank you, sir. I'm not, I'm no I'm no dummy. I want my music. <laughs> have you guys recorded in all different places, or you stick to the same studio? Uh, we've recorded in the uh, the four records that we've done so far have all been recorded Thanks. in different spots. Two of those um, were recorded. The the most recent two have been recorded with the same engineer, Alex Lowe, who's been oh a yeah. good who's yeah. been a great it friend was of our the band. Engineer too. Oh, okay. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Who's been so then you know he's been a great friend to the band and he's yeah. a horn player himself, so he's yeah. got a great ear yeah, for. I've seen him perform he's been getting a lot of uh, pub lately on, on Two Faces podcast. Radio, actually. Oh, excellent. Uh, yeah, Trances Arc, the oh, last Trances band. Arc, yeah, 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 they they, they were involved with Alex as well. Um, Hutch, we were talking a little, well, we're talking a little bit about songwriting right now, and we were kind of mentioning before just kind of the difference because as we were talking, I, I was uh, talking to Hutch about Ton of Honey, Ira and I's old band, and you know how the songwriting process sort of went there. And we were saying how different it is now that I do a band as well that's sort of in this genre, how different it is writing music, instrumental music. And you were kind of just starting to talk about that a little bit before. Did you want to kind of talk about just the difference and and the approach in writing instrumental yeah, music? Yeah, sure. It is different. Um, I think you know I certainly wouldn't play this way. You know, if there was somebody singing, because right. you know you kind of got to give that singer some room and kind of you know you need to support you know yeah. uh, a melody in a different way. And in, in instrumental music, I think you can because you have people's attention is is spread across a lot more. You can have a lot more interesting musical things happening. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think you can just sort of ask a little bit more of the ear with instrumental stuff cool. so i do think you kind of compose differently yeah yeah no that that was interesting w- what about um like influences I, I know you said you guys are all over the map but what's kind of like people's primary does anybody want to kind of step well, up and say like what their first like 
like well I'm, I'm thinking like individual musicians like you know like guitar wise what, what kind of uh drew you in when you were playing bass wise you know different things you know i'd love to know about that um uh, i was definitely queen and Rush. Okay. And the police. Nice. <laughs> drums. This you is may the drummer, have wanted more set up for that first one. <laughs> this is Robbie the drummer. I was more of a queen <laughs> rushing into. I was a queen. queen and, you know. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, that's what I grew up on. Cool. Right. Yeah. So similar to, you know, I mean, it's close to the 80s metal. Uh, a little bit. Queen. Nah, it's kind of leading I, I actually didn't it. listen to any 80s metal. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, wor- it's walking into, I guess, it's the stuff that came right before it. So I, did, I do like Iron Maiden, though. So pretty much a ro- so pretty much though uh, a classic rock drummer. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's, that's kind of the the roots. Yeah. Anybody else? Who's who's next? I can tell my my Miles Davis story. I guess I don't know. When Do I, it. When I was like twelve or thirteen, I had a, I you know obviously played piano lessons. Your typical thing. Anyway, but uh, I was this like twelve. And I stole a, bunch of, stole a bunch of records from my dad's collection, and uh, I had them up there. And then I walked around the block and smoked a joint. And I came back and it was like, it's like oh. Uh, I guess he I'll was check, five. I guess I'll check one of these <laughs> out, and uh, I put on the bitches brew, oh, and yeah. uh, my life has never been the same, man. I was just like that I was, was it. Just mesmerized, like completely, <laughs> and uh, so I've always kind of occupied the um, stony icing on the cake role in most bands. <laughs> so, uh, 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 I inhabit, but uh, you know, I've uh, I've grabbed that. Those range that with is both a hands. Now, you yeah. did just eat one of those brownies, right? I did. Right. I did. Okay. I got a whole container. We'll see where this goes. You know. There is brownies here. <laughs> there are brownies yeah. in here. Are there any chips? <laughs> <laughs> we have bunions. Yeah. Excellent. And as far as you guys uh, all getting together, um, was it the old ad in the paper thing? Or you guys worked together or what? Uh, a couple of us knew each other from school, and oh. so we came together. Um, yeah, me, Hutch, and Robin all knew each other from school, and somebody wanted a, us to play at a party, so we did that. This was and college? Um, it was after college. And then, oh. so, we uh, we were playing the party, and actually, I hadn't really played guitar in the band ever before I'd played bass. Oh, really? And, um, oh. you know, we were all there, and we're like, well, damn, this is a pretty freaking good time, and so we kept doing it. Yeah. And then, just uh, after, what, like, one year, Robbie, Robbie joined us. Robbie, I uh, knew Hutch. Okay. And then I don't I don't remember how we got into Oh, Robin knew Will through GSU, I think through through music. And then just slowly but you guys surely over going to Georgia State? Uh no, 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 but Robin oh, oh, Robin oh. and them uh, Robin knew was tapped into that scene a bit okay. because he was a saxophone player and kind of badass. And uh <laughs> then slowly over the next 8 9 years, we kind of morphed into different versions to the point that we are now, which is our most definitely most comfortable and right. longest lasting. So Oh, yeah, cool. I believe Robin brought me in. I think uh, I think I ran to y'all down at the village one time. You, uh, Hutch and Robin, I think talked to you guys a little bit, and then eventually, yeah, we, you came with us to South Carolina that one time. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So that's how that started, and then later on, Chris Case, I met him years ago with Mandarico, and then uh, oh, oh, Mandarico, yeah, God, that's another name, boy. You yeah, guys yeah. are bringing them. Yeah, bringing yeah, us yeah. back, yeah, I'll I tell you. Between all of us guys, we can <laughs> every here. <laughs> Did you guys ever heard of that band called Douche Rooster? <laughs> no. <laughs> that, w- that was my other band. <laughs> We're the Kevin Bacon of local music. <laughs> <laughs> Douche Rooster. <laughs> Actually, that don't th- steal it. <laughs> that first, that first it's time in South Carolina, when when Jonathan came with us uh, as a trombone player, I remember we were all like, uh, I forget it. Uh, yeah, it was the poorhouse. And uh, so I remember we all we played the show and we had a really good time and it was it was a really weird club because they actually had like they had porn going on over the bar but it wasn't like a weird no no it was not soft (laughs) it was uh, not soft and uh, anyway Misty Moon Day stuff so it was a little it was it was lesbian soft you remember the actress I know because I I I know her I am a big fan. She Since is then. the queen of software. Right. Well, well I, I stand corrected board, by right? experts better than me. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Misty. Mm. Contact like us. Thank you. <laughs> Twofacesradio at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> we'll forward it on to you. Don't worry. <laughs> so, w- so we finished playing that show, and it was, I, I believe, uh, definitely the first out-of-town one we did with Jonathan. And we all got together afterwards uh, um, with, without Jonathan. And we're like, yeah, man, you know, that guy, he's really good. You know, th- I think this is going to work out. And we went over to him, and we're like, hey, man, um, we we would love it if you would you know become a regular member. He's like, the hell are you talking about? I thought I already was. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That is a good story. Well, speaking of playing out of town, have you guys been traveling? Yeah, uh, um, out of the area. 
We've been traveling. We've been around the southeast for the past uh, six or eight years, right. just doing our thing. Um, have you guys? Uh, have you gone overseas? No, we have not gone overseas, mm. but we've been played overseas. We get some emails from Japan really? every once in a while that are quite say, amusing. You guys would probably do real well, you know. Well, that's that's the rumor. Well, we heard too. that. Uh, well, because that the new master sounds they're supposedly huge out in uh, Japan. You know, oh, my true? girlfriend in the Niagara Everybody Falls area. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Lloyd! <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> so, um, well, what about you uh, as far as guitar? Where where did you kind of start? Well, you said you started on bass. Yeah, I played. Um, I, I was. Up until joining this band, I, I played electric bass and I did. Interesting. I like jam band stuff quite a okay. bit, fish and all that. And but with a healthy dose of some of the, s the influences that we play now. So I think the first record I heard in this style that I really loved was um, a record by a band called The Blackbirds. Okay. And um, we do a cover of theirs now, which is on our uh, third record, and it's called. Uh, Blackbird's theme, actually. Yeah, I think I know that. And there was, uh, it was a band that was led by Donald Byrd, who was a uh -huh. famous trumpeter. Trumpet, yeah. And um, anyway, so I, I draw pretty personally, to the extent I can, heavily from uh, fish-type stuff, but then um, Blackbird's and James Brown and all that good I'm stuff. I'm glad you brought up fish, because I was going to ask you, do you get a lot... I mean, are you a big Trey guy? Uh, Am I a big fan of his? Yeah. Personally, yes. Yeah, yeah I mean... There's a similar, yeah, we were talking on the way we over here. We were talking here. that I was a big fish head, too. Uh, too. Well, I'm a, you know, am a fan of them and was a fan of them. Don't be afraid. Put it out there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, it, it takes some guts to be over. like. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody's afraid. Like, yeah, I like it. Actually, yeah, the only everybody's reason I'm afraid of like, what sounds cool or what doesn't sound cool, yeah. I think. Well, you, know? you better watch your back tonight. I, I know. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm out of here. The douche rooster's on the prowl. Douche rooster's go get you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know even just not necessarily your style of playing and you know the way it sounds and everything but um uh kind of the way you look while you're playing sometimes sometimes you <laughs> you resemble him. you why. definitely resemble him like, a little bit reminds me of Trey a little but bit you've got the guitar up kind of high and uh and he plays I know he plays something similar. I, I think he plays his like own model yeah, version he of like a, a, he, no, But it's plays, a double cutaway like and you know um there, there's. We were saying that there's like a, definitely a little bit of a similarity there. But that's so. as much as I'm going to say about that. <laughs> that's it. Ira doesn't want to talk that's about it. his. No uh, more, I, uh, I, I, I have, I've have gotten it before, and I am personally quite flattered by it. But you know, to the extent Good. that it translates to <laughs> other folks, they, you know, be, be that as it may. It is hard talking about this guy sometimes. Yeah, in, mi it is. in mixed company. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, as far as like influences and kind of getting into music as far as like bass, Hutch, and, and Jonathan Trombone? What, what kind of, uh, you know, how'd you get into trombone? How'd you get into bass? Who um, doesn't matter? I'll just jump in. Uh, yeah, I Hutch. actually come more from like a underground rock uh, background. I was uh, I started playing music in Boston in the sort of okay. club scene up there in the late 80s. And, uh, you know, we were kind of into the Pixies and Primus and Fugazi right. and stuff. Right. Sort yeah. of really angry all underground. All I went yeah. to school in D.C. Fugazi. Well, yeah, Fugazi or Fugazi? I don't know. I don't ever remember. Fugazi uh, was huge up there. Yeah. I think they're from D.C. They are, yeah. definitely. So I kind of came from that angry, high energy sort of bass playing okay. school, um, and then you know really kind of got into jazz much later. And then you know when this band formed, sort of you know found a way of pulling some energy from that earlier style into mixing it, yeah. this sort of more funk driven stuff. Yeah. So I try to uh, kind of bring that energy from one, but the musicality of another. That's cool. always been my kind of way of connecting up the Killer. two scenes yeah sweet jonathan what about you well um i started playing tr trombone pretty early in grade school all that good stuff so i kind of got into jazz and all that like many a horn player and, uh, but i mainly was into like soul music like growing up so my parents listened to and of course that's what i listened to and it was great yeah. and it really kind of captivated me um and then from there on, uh, I, I jumped into a lot of reggae music i'm still a really big reggae head okay um jumped so you were you one of the guys that kind of took up horn in elementary school and, and yeah exactly my but, mom but said you I had kept to play with something it instead of, stuck of the rest yeah. of us that everyone else has the whole story oh, i played trombone for three right, years right. that's great dude i know you know but yeah uh i started when i was nine and just it kind of stuck 
Yeah. And uh, well, see, so I'm really one of those it. assholes that you know played, did play the three <laughs> years, and now regrets it. You know, uh, completely. Well, does, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I was telling Gary earlier, if if, and I've said that Iris heard me probably say this a thousand times because one of our favorite local bands here, King Johnson, they've got a oh, couple yeah. horns, know, horn players Adam, there. He's a great guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he plays trombone. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always said that if I could play a horn instrument, trombone would be it for me. I don't know what it is. I just dig it. I like Everybody the whole I like the sound of, of it. Or the, it yeah. is. And looks it's also fun. an easy horn to pick up and start playing almost immediately. Because uh, it's like, I think they say it's like the easiest horn to go and pick up and learn, but it's the hardest to master or right. something like that. So I've yeah. got like a golf. lot of years before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very, it's like very musical sin. golf. Yeah. Yes, so, yes. wait, you learned it in grade school? Yes. So you were, how big was your class? Do you remember? I think uh, the very first class, I think we had like uh, eight people in the class. Yeah, see, I, I learned when I started playing music, I was playing upright bass in mm. um, high school orchestra because you had to have a, uh, a music requirement, right? And everybody okay. took choir because it was easy. Okay. But um, because the registrar screwed up, I got put in orchestra. I didn't know how to play an instrument at all, but we had like 60 guys in our class, all of whom, you know, you don't know anything about how to play music. And there's yeah. this one person <laughs> at the front of the room who's in charge of like teaching all these little kids, you know, grade school, high school, whatever. Yeah. And it's just incredible how much one teacher can do for so many kids who don't know what the hell they're doing. But high school? That was for me, it was high school. For you, it was grade school, right? Yeah, yeah. It was elementary school. It was elementary fourth school. Fourth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth grade. Uh, that's, yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's incredible how much one teacher mm-hmm. can get across to so many kids, and it's it's really, really cool. And, I mean, Chris can probably talk about it from a different angle because he is a music teacher, but it's, it's an incredible gift to be able to, I, I would imagine, to be able to give to people. It's definitely a cool one to receive, and, right. you know, it's not till later on, at least for me, that I appreciate what this one person was able to do for right. so many kids. Yeah. Well, and if they take it seriously, I yeah. guess, you know. Well, even if they don't, you're going to get something from yeah, it, I you know? yeah. So you do a lot of teaching. What do you teach? Just piano? I te- yeah, I teach mostly piano. Okay. But uh, I do try to, you know, obviously I'm not the blue-haired old lady with the ruler. Right. So <laughs> like Yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> working my way up there. You can still get a ruler if you'd like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I try to give them, um, I try to stress musicianship over anything else. You know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, it doesn't have to always be, you know, dots and lines. And stuff. Right. Uh, even right. though that, I feel like that's important, but, you know, Try to let them know there's more out there and, like, you know, get to rock out and all that all stuff. Right. Yeah. A lot of yeah. them can't conceive of it, though. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm going after this and going to play for, you know, hundreds of people and rock <laughs> the house, you know. <laughs> they're just like, to them, it's just like, you it's know. It's just like a normal thing. Right. And all that shit. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> they don't know. But they'll figure it out. But sometimes right. you get across and it, it is really cool. So what about some, uh, what's that? You had something? No, I was going to say, well, what, 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 well go I ahead. was just going to say, do you guys have any, you know, any particular shows coming up soon? And right, this is and what I was going to say. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> anything you guys want to be promoting here well, tonight? You should ask. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah we got getting the plugs out. And, uh, let's get the plugs in. We got a show coming up at the five spot on uh, October, Friday, October 23rd with our very, very, very good friends, Eastpont Soul Faction. And Featuring <laughs> our friend, Brian McClenning. <laughs> and I'll be there, Brian. <laughs> and, uh, and another uh uh, band featuring friends of ours from Chattanooga. They're called The Distribution. Two of those guys used to be in a great band called uh, Infradig. We've known them for a couple of years. They're coming down. Cool. Should be a good time. So, so that's October the five spot in uh, Little Five Points. Yep. October 23rd. Five spot. Yep. 23rd. All ages. Good time. No smoking club. Nice time. To <laughs> <laughs> that's right. All ages. Bring the whole family. All ages. All right, Jonathan wants the young ladies out there. I can see. <laughs> no, baby, uh, the old ladies. No, the old ladies. no, just the no smoking ladies. The no smoking the ladies. No smoking ladies. Um, any any other shows? Possible. Anything beyond that that you guys want to plug? Or? Yeah, we got. Um, yeah, we got Halloween. We got a nice Halloween show coming up uh, October thirtieth oh, up in Chattanooga sweet. called the Boneyard Boogie. Um, and so we all got you, all your Chattanooga listeners. Too. You got any costumes yep. planned? Any costume ideas planned for that? We do, but we're keeping it close to the vest. All right, right keep it close. Uh, and then we got uh, going down to Tallahassee for the Bear Creek Festival, which is a great festival. Um, year after year, just Paul Levine, who runs that thing, just puts out a really killer lineup that skews heavily towards the the jazz funk on the on the jam band scene. But it's just great music, great people, and a, a really nicely well done thing. So that's um, November. November November 13th, right. We're playing uh, November 13th, but that thing goes the whole weekend, November right. 13th, 14th, okay. 15th. And then uh, we got 
Smith's coming up in the new year. But right. anyway, cool. Oh, we'll have you guys' so website. And we'll put all your website. What is the best one that uh, we're for people to check you guys out? Is it The best Facebook? website for us? Yeah, the best. Where do you typically push people? Uh, we're on Facebook, and we got our own, CadillacJones.com. So okay. e- either one. Okay, okay cool. Um, you know, just before we uh, uh, probably I have to, you guys uh, play. talk about the CDs, too. Oh, yeah. Guys have out. Um, well, how many CDs all together? We got four. Junk in the trunk and is the fifth uh, that we don't talk second about. or the first. <laughs> what? Junk in the trunk. We have second. yeah. Yeah, we have second we one. have Digmatic. We have Junk in the Trunk. Uh, we have uh, the Big, big Takedown, take and we have Rhythm Method. Okay. I was thinking about the Big the Takedown. Um, yeah. On the way over, I was thinking about uh, you guys did a video off of that one, did you not? For the song Tarzan. For the song Tarzan. Uh, how did that all come about? Because we were just talking to another band recently, and they had a video, and and some of the conversation was. You know what's the purpose of a video at this point? You know, I mean, MTV's not playing things, and I don't, I don't even know where YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Well, I, I guess. was gonna yeah. say it was really interesting with us because these guys from Turner Studios came right. to us, approached us about doing a video. Okay. And, and to be totally honest with you, it was really hard to muster enthusiasm for this project at the time because you know I just we you know you had like no faith. Yeah, yeah, I was like I had no faith that like something like right. MTV, which in my day was the was the main reason sure. you would do a video That's why you to would get do exposure. And I mean, there are other little things, but mainly right. it was for that. And I mean, the thought of trying to even send them something seems so absurd. We're instrumental right. jazz funk, and they don't even play music anymore. So right. it just seemed ridiculous. <laughs> and then so, but you know, and it was like it was kind of like pulling teeth to get people to show up for the shoot and stuff. And in in part because I just don't think anybody really saw an end game in it. And right. by the time it got finished. You know, there's, uh, you know, people start talking about this thing, YouTube, and, you know, all of a sudden there's like this whole nother place to put up video where people can actually see it and comment and you can find out how many times it's been played and all that stuff. And and we shot it on the top of the uh, network operations building at Turner. So it was way up high and above the city and it was very, you know, we had these great break dancers come in and, you know, the whole thing, you know, actually burn unit. That's right. Burn unit guys. And at the end of the day, I mean, we're pretty happy with it and people watch it so i mean it turned out a whole lot better than we thought it ever would it's a pretty cool video and it's kind of got like uh well the album has like the old 70s vibe like uh kind of cop show cop movie sort of vibe and then the video kind of also takes you back like you said with the break dancing and yeah sort of uh you know there's a a few different themes running through it and one of them is uh you know sort of a a late 70s sort of pop and snap dance kind of thing going on but there's a few different you know, vibes with all within the late 70s, early 80s. So we picked that one because we thought it would be the most fun and people can dance to it. So so that's the only one that you guys did, just that one video, then that's the only thing. Yeah, there's some live footage out there, but right. it wouldn't really count as a video. Right. Yeah, so exactly. That was the last one. And you guys also were, I, I've seen you guys where you all did some like matching wardrobing and things like that in some of the some of your gigs. It, how was, well, you guys have play, shown up playing in like uh Warm-up suits or something like that I've seen and yeah we've uh, we've done Orange. The, the Adidas track suits the, yeah. the Adidas uh, track on, suits on right fresh, because those, those right. things are freaking hot <laughs> yeah so they are stopped yeah. well, well, aren't they polyester yeah, I mean. yeah they <laughs> yeah they, they they don't breathe <laughs> who who's usually behind that kind of thing like the costuming I guess at, at this point <laughs> at this <laughs> um, you know the reason that those came about is in part because of something that we were talking about earlier about how you get folks hooked into in yeah. listening to instrumental music and yeah. at one at one point in time it was it was something that we used to you know get people talking get people looking like hey here's something to to appreciate here's yeah. something there's something going on on stage we are about to give you or bring you something that we feel is special and it's since we show. don't have vocals yeah it's a show right a visual goes with it exactly yeah. and if you don't have vocals you do you know, sometimes you do certain things that are over the top or whatever just to get your message across, get people focusing on you in different ways. And so right, the whose idea was that. the tracksuits? Well, I will suits. say that um, <laughs> it actually came out of um, a guy who worked at Adidas who really loved our music. Really? So um, we were talking with him, and I floated the idea like, hey, how about some, you know, how about an official Sweet sponsorship of some kind? And he was like... <laughs> Well, I don't think we're going to do a sponsorship, but <laughs> I'll see what I can do as far as finding, you know, classic track suits. I bet you Run DMC had a sponsorship. Yeah, I'm back sure he did. My Adidas. I'm sure they did. That's right. Well, but one day a package comes and it's ten, you know, perfectly matched <laughs> orange suits. So we had to wear them for a while. That's great. That's good. 
And uh, another thing I was going to say, one more thing was just the artwork. If anybody goes to your websites, do you have any of like your um, well, posters displayed yeah. and the CD covers and stuff? I mean, you, you guys have had some stuff. really cool stuff. Uh, we, we've been really fortunate over the years to get um, to to work with an artist named Jen Chavone, who is, uh, shall we say, closely affiliated with the band. <laughs> and uh, she's just she's done all of our artwork Pretty much from the beginning, we've had some folks help us out early, early, early. But uh-huh. for probably for the past seven or eight years, she's done all of our artwork, and she's just a phenomenal uh, graphic designer who's taken, okay. who knows us so well that you know she can basically listen to the music and 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 just conceive of what we were going for and the best way to convey that in a visual sense. Cool. And so for things like the big takedown. She just knew exactly what we were going for in terms of, you know, a, yeah. a riff on the 70s black exploitation yeah. films and just make it into something just perfect and well, beautiful. That whole album is kind of themed. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah I mean, it was. It kind of follows a story. Yeah, it, it does. There's There was a script for it for a little while that was yeah. that was posted. And that, you know, going from that record to this latest record, Rhythm Method, was actually kind of refreshing because we did have this very focused concept for the big takedown. But with the Rhythm Method, the one that just came out this past summer, you know, it was kind of nice to just sort of let it all breathe and just kind of get right. back to, hey, these are the songs these are that songs. these are yeah. songs and we, we like them and we, we brought them out and hopefully right. other folks will like them. <laughs> Let's not think too hard about yeah. this. <laughs> Let's just record our tune. Cool. Right. Well, you got anything so else there, got? Chief? No, I think I got we're good. We're going to have you guys, uh, you guys going to hit one more for us? Sure, we can do that. Mm-hmm. And um, and we're going to make sure that we get your all your information out there for the website and everything like that so people can come check you out. Gave a lot of good dates that people definitely come out next Friday. I have a little stake in that one as well. Oh, and do, um, you, do you guys mind if we do a little plug for ourselves real quick? Oh, uh, yes, very quickly. Uh, Ton of Honey's playing at the Northside Tavern. This Saturday. This Saturday. We only got a the couple ga- days here, brother. You're gonna ha- you're gonna have to gays. couple gays here. <laughs> oh, we got a bunch of gays here. <laughs> a bunch of gays. There are seven couple of us days. The are good. <laughs> That's right. We only have a seven. couple days, you gotta get this turned around pretty quick. Um, so so we'll Northside Tavern, October seventeenth, Saturday night. Come see Ton of Honey. It's always a good time out at the Northside Tavern. And we did a show with you guys one time out there too. Northside. At the Northside Tavern. Yeah, yeah that I remember I was I was that's just how much of a fan I was. I, I really Northside doesn't typically do openers or anything like that, and I re, I remember uh, just thinking, hey, let's try and switch things up over there, and and I really wanted to get you guys in there. So that was a good night. We Thank appreciate you guys doing that. I said, too. Brian, if you could have any band in Atlanta to open for us, who would you want? You know what he said? King Johnson. Oh, <laughs> I said if I can't. But well, what's that other band no. that has similarly um, <laughs> stereotypical but names? If I can't get King Johnson. <laughs> but if I can't get King Johnson, no, no, no I sure, definitely sure. did. No, I really thought that you guys. I really <laughs> thought that that crowd would dig you guys, and and um, and I thought it was a great place for you guys to be exposed. So uh, if we can say exposed like that. So we're gonna get you guys to play one more, and then we're gonna finish things up. Um, are we gonna wrap it up after? Let's wrap or? it up right now. Let's wrap it up right now. Don't forget, this is Two Faces Radio. We are an Atlanta music scene podcast. Please email us. We have to send out some discs to some people who are like the seventh emailer or something like that. Yeah, we have uh, uh, little brother discs. <laughs> little brother discs, and uh, and I think we might maybe we have an extra here that we can send out to somebody if they're interested in hearing um, the rhythm method or rhythm method, rhythm method, rhythm yeah, method, right. and uh, send those emails to two faces radio at gmail.com. That is once again the word number T W O. And uh, oh wow, wow, that's uh, more than generous. Hutch has just come over here with a, a bunch. We're of not CDs. serious about that. We don't really get call callers. <laughs> 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 he just handed me a bunch of discs to give out. So yeah. So definitely us. let us know. Let us know if you're if you're interested Bri- in checking Brian out some Cadillac the, Jones. Brian will cover the uh, postage costs. Brian will. Where's Brian? You are. Oh right. All right, guys. Well, let's do it. Thanks. Thanks so much. To and Gary and Hutch and Robbie and Jonathan and Chris and all the guys here in uh, Cadillac Jones. And what do we always like to say? Save, Save it, it for, for the, the show. show. All right, so we're gonna play. We're gonna play one more right now. What? What's this song? What is it? Benet Brown. Is that what he said?